Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you reviews of the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about the things, uh, all things film and television. You're, if you're looking for a new show to binge or just want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I have you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about the new, well, it came out 2021, uh, the newest Gaspar Noé film. Written and directed by Gaspar Noé, that film being Vortex. Uh, Gaspar Noé, a director that I enjoy. I've been wanting to go back and revisit his movies. Climax is a great movie that always stands out, will always have an impression on my brain. Also, I blink uh, Enter the Void. Or Touching the Void? I'm not sure what it's called. Irreversible. He's done some movies that are very traumatic. <laughs> well, if you watch them, you will be on some level traumatized. And because of that, you won't be able to forget that you've watched those movies. Uh, and I happen to... And he does it in a very artful way, which is uh, a very interesting combination of tragedy and art uh, that you are experiencing when you watch his films. So... Seeing this movie uh, on Mubi, I believe, uh, had a trial version of Mubi to review another film and saw this uh, directed by Gaspar Noé. And I do not pass up any opportunity to watch a new film from him. Uh, and eventually I will be doing a top five of his movies. I would love to, you know, it, it will destroy my mental health <laughs> watching all of his movies in order to rank them for my Sunday episode of Top 5 where I rank movies in a variety of categories. Uh, but I will do that because I want to go back and revisit his films and I do enjoy when I watch all of a director's films at once, I enjoy getting into their vibe and on their page, and it allows me to appreciate their movies a lot more, especially directors that I may not be generally in their vibe and may not get their movies or may not appreciate their movies in general when taken out of context, watching just randomly on a Thursday, but when I watch and understand how they like to tell stories, different characters they enjoy uh, depicting and emotions they enjoy depicting or using in their storytelling, uh, I will gain a new respect and be able to properly reflect on those films as uh, I believe they were meant to be respected in from a perspective and through a lens that is is more respectful to uh, the director's intention I would imagine uh, but this movie this review is Vortex uh, by Gaspar Noé it came out two years ago uh, overall you know it's hard to say you love a Gaspar Noé but I did love uh, Climax though uh, and I do love some of his films, but you know, I think this is a very beautiful film. This is a beautiful work of art. I would say tonally it is mm, 
the energy of this film is very different from his other movies. There's still the impending doom. There's still that feeling of uneasiness. There's still that traumatic aspect of his films. But I think this one is handled far more delicately and subtly. And it is very much a nuanced I have nuanced thoughts on this film. Uh, I would guess, as most Gaspar Noe films can evoke those <laughs> strong and varied uh, emotions, but I think there's a, a subtlety to this movie that I appreciate and a delicateness to the tragedy involved in this movie that I believe it's beautiful. I like way how it's told. I, you know, I don't, I, I just, it feels like what he's trying to say and how he's trying to say it is done with the fewest strokes needed to complete that piece of art, right? It doesn't overdo anything. It, it is very comfortable in its simplicity and uh, allowing the few people that perform, allowing them to do what they do amazingly. And the way this is filmed, I think, you know, I do believe it's a, a work of art. Is it a movie that I'm going to enjoy going back to and rewatching in comparison to other Gaspar Noé films that I am excited to go back and revisit? No, it doesn't have that ride necessarily like even though it's a tragic ride a lot of his movies this is one where it's like i think i'm good you know obviously and down the line i'll probably want to revisit it just to refresh myself on it because it is in a lot of ways different from his movies uh in in a lot of ways but still i think handles and tackles and uses similar emotions and evokes those similar emotions in the audience um you know, and if you like the tragedy of a Gaspar Noé film, then, you know, but you want something maybe less chaotic, right? I think this is, I think you'll like, I think if you like Gaspar Noé, I think you'll like this. It is different. It's still clearly a Gaspar, it doesn't feel like another director. It just feels like maybe a more mature Gaspar Noé. And apparently this movie was filmed after he suffered a potentially life-threatening uh, brain aneurysm, I think. Uh, so this was his first film back after experiencing that, and maybe that event changed him and is allowing him to be and work in a space that's more controlled and less bombastic, as it were, uh, like some of his other films. So, you know, if you like his stuff, you may love this one. I, I, th I think I loved it for, uh, you know, the artistic nature of it. You know, I think I do believe this is like a work of art. Uh, so the basic like idea of this movie, it's it's very much a, a cinema verite kind of a slice of life. Uh, it is filmed in a split screen. So there are two cameras running simultaneously there are two main characters this old couple 
Uh, there's a couple. We see their son and we see their grandson uh, in scenes. There are a few other characters here and there throughout the film, but the, primarily it's following these this old couple, one camera following one person, right? And when they're in the same room, you get like sometimes it's it's almost like a wide screen with a line in the middle. And then other times it's clearly like one camera's on one person, one camera's on the other person. The cameras also do this thing where they, they shudder to like cut between takes clearly. Um, but it almost looks like the camera's blinking and you have these two cameras. So it's almost like you, the way it's filmed as the audience, you're perceiving it as you're, as if you're sitting in the mind of somebody that's this omniscient present presence that's following these people around who are primarily in their home the entire film just these two old people shuffling slowly shuffling around their their apartment uh which sounds boring on paper this this movie you know is is not as powerful as it is but the way gaspar noe filmed the performances of these two old people uh it's it's kind of amazing um it also takes place in French, France, uh, you know, I think, which I think most all of his films do. They're French. He's French. So subtitles. But there's, you know, not a whole lot of dialogue, you know, because these two people that are kind of doing their own thing. The old guy is uh, in the process of writing a book. Uh, the woman is a former psychologist. And they're kind of shuffling around doing their own things through the day. And, you know, there are definitely moments where there's conversations between characters, but it's a very simple film. Very. And it's even even the fact that I think it's over two hours long, two hours and 22 minutes. It is. It doesn't feel like that. It kind of breezes by. Like the fact that there's two cameras going simultaneously, there's always a momentum. It never, even though it's it on paper, it seems like it would be the most boring. It's like watching paint dry. Well, you're gonna I'm gonna watch two people just shuffle around their apartment for two hours and twenty two minutes, and it's surprising how the tension and the emotions and the two cameras going simultaneously are enough to keep you invested and not bored like i didn't feel like it feels like after watching this movie it feels like i watched an, a 90 minute movie in a strange way it doesn't feel like i spent t- almost two and a half hours watching this thing which is kind of a, a crazy magic trick in a lot of ways uh one of the old people <laughs> so th- of, they're old health issues abound when you are old uh one of them has dementia and the other is uh, the ones so has dementia and she's a former psycho- psychiatrist and then the other i believe he's an author and he has had health issues with his heart right so they're not healthy they're not young so just that alone kind of adds a level of tension because you're watching these people who are you know they're not spring chickens you know, and you're aware of and thinking of all of the things that could potentially go wrong. Uh, so this film is so like it, it is so reliant on these this old couple struggling in old age, right? This movie is is like so real. It like perfectly illustrates the potential terror 
of what the like what the end of life is like for people in general right watching this movie the reality the way it's filmed it, it feels like a documentary in a lot of ways you know it it because of the simplicity and the real the realness of it you know it highlights how fragile those last years can be for old people that are on their own and you know just existing towards the end of their life so it's it's a very specific time in a person's life that adds to the tension um like all of his movies have element of terror in them you know there's trauma in all of them uh you know they depict tragedies a lot in a lot of them you know uh but in a you know an in-your-face way right there's he doesn't shy away from showing extended scenes of trauma and tragedy and just disgusting things happening to horrible things happening to people you know whether it's yeah, just through his catalog there's i don't want to mention all the specifics but it's you know it's you know, it's a guy that's very comfortable showing tra- has zero problems showing tragedy um yet this this movie is absolutely subtle so in that way this movie is very different than a lot of his movies but you still like knowing him and and even maybe even if you didn't know gaspar noe's films it's your first film watching it just seeing that it's these two old people and knowing their health issues and seeing other aspects of this movie, you know, pertaining to the dementia and things like that. There is like that constant like feeling of you're on the edge, right? Things can go bad, very bad, very easily, right? So that tension exists throughout this this movie and the two cameras system that is used where one camera is following the husband one camp for the most part one camera's following the wife uh you know the husband's trying to write a new book interesting idea for his book comparing dreams to film you know he's dealing with his own complications with his heart uh and then the other camera is following his wife who's noticeably confused one of the first scenes like they're laying in bed is initially a single camera and then slowly the line creeps between splitting the picture in two having the dude sleeping on one side and the woman sleeping on the other side and you see her wake up and one of many times you see this woman's performance which is amazing Let's see what's her name i'm gonna butcher her name man i'm sorry in advance uh francois lebron that's my only time i'm gonna try it maybe i'll try and say it later her performance is amazing as this woman dealing with dementia possibly other things maybe i don't know i have some theories which i'll get into and spoilers I want to take a quick break from the show to let you all know that there is official merch for the Ray Taylor Show. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com. You can get t-shirts, different artwork available, different designs, all on high quality materials. 
in all the sizes. There's also iPhone cases made of biodegradable material. That's right. This is not bad for the environment. This is good for the environment. So all of those designs that are available on t-shirts are also available on phone cases designed by me, sold by me. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com to support the Ray Taylor show and promote it out in the world so all of the people in your life can see that you are a fan of the Ray Taylor show. Now, let's get back to that very show right now. But the opening scene when the screen first splits in two and you see her waking up and this noticeable confusion in her eyes, like she looks lost, right? And you don't really know if this is a movie where she is... You know, if you know the premise that she has dementia going into it, you don't know what stage. Like, is this something that is new? Is this movie depicting her finding out, them finding out that she has dementia? We don't know the progression. We don't know the level of dementia. But she clearly, there's clearly, I mean, there's moments where she doesn't seem like she's lost or confused. But clearly there's that moment where she's waking up and she looks like she's looking around like, how did I get here? Where am I? Right? almost terrified look in her face and then you have these cameras that follow these old people as they just slowly like i said slowly shuffle through life uh the cameras blinking as if you are this spectator in these lives and the camera blinking like you would blinking your eyes and it's allows for the film to flow in a really interesting way where like you know, they're when they're in the same room, you'll have different perspectives on both of them. Sometimes it's the same, a singular perspective. And then other times you have these cameras following them. I mean, there are times where you, the camera's just on their son. There are times where the camera is kind of just on other people. But for the most part, you're with these two people for the majority of the runtime of this film. And their home is, you know, it's a home that's clearly lived in. They, their home is, like, they are literally surrounded by books everywhere. You can't, like, walls do not exist in their home, right? All, every wall has a bookshelf on it that is full of books. Every desk, every surface is covered in papers, it's covered in magazines, it's covered in books. Like, this is a, a home that is packed full of people that have lived there. And not like in a hoarding way, like in a way that these people have lived these lives of academics and, 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 and knowledge people and have collected these things throughout their lives. Like the things that line these walls are the proof of their existence. These things that they've acquired and accumulated in their home and have become part of, in many ways, like these, this, their structural surroundings. Right. It's just like everywhere you look are these books. And despite the film being so slowly paced in a lot of ways, it's still able to like instantly add so many stakes to what's going on. Right. Because you're following these just these old people. You don't know what's going to happen. It's kind of, uh, you know, there's constant, there's constantly, like I said, you're on the edge. There's always that port potential. 
whether you know you're watching a Gaspar Noé, which you should have the feeling of any moment something terrible could happen to somebody, but also just if you don't know that, just watching them as they're just you have that feeling of tension while watching this movie, which is a very interesting thing, uh, you know. And I think the the split screen definitely adds a lot to the movie. It add, it allows there to be just like just enough action and things going on that we're like maybe one person's doing something that's kind of boring, boring and mundane. The other one might start be and you're like, well, what's this guy doing? Right. So it allows you to kind of go between, but still always know what the other one is doing, which is a very interesting kind of a way to tell this story where it's almost they're they're passing the baton of energy between the two of them of momentum with the story just enough to make what would be on paper very boring it give it a feeling of not taking forever for some reason it's so weird on paper this movie would be horrible uh but in reality i think it's you know the simplicity of it and the subtle nature of it and the art house take almost cranks up like you know his stuff is normally cranked up to 11 and this takes definitely more of a subtle approach to it which i think is really you know i think it 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 it, it, it it's almost easier to digest as opposed to some of his other films <clears throat> and like I said, we in addition to the main characters, we see the son and this, the kid, his their son has his own son. Right. Which like you don't know what's going to happen to any of these people. There are no rules. Everybody's life is at stake when you're watching a, a Gaspar Noé film. You know, you don't know what can happen. You don't know what something inadvertently could happen to another person. Right. There's just this tension, this constant tension of like what's going to happen when is it going to happen you know and it the kid being involved only increases the stress you know in small but subtle but effective ways i would say and even the fact that it's a small family it's just them two the two parents one kid one grandkid the dude's not is separated from his wife, so she's not in, you know, they share custody or whatever, but it's a small family, so it's not like there's a lot of support for these old people. But it's a powerful movie. It's tragic. I'm going to get into spoilers here pretty soon, but, you know, I just think it, it feels authentic to the reality of so many, what so many old people face on in reality and their families deal with right it 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 because it's so grounded in that way i think it shines a light and really and it really highlights the realities for a lot of people and it's just sad how you know far too common how close so many people are to their lives just being one event one small thing away from just completely falling apart Right. Like everything in this movie is held together with a frayed thread. Right. Not just a, th a single thread, a single frayed thread. Right. It is it. That's why that tension exists, because it's like at any point that's going to give like any small thing is going to completely destroy, completely ruin this house of cards that is just 
delicately stacked and existing. You know, which I would say makes it very different in a lot of ways from other gas at Gaspar Noé films, uh, but still works with a lot of the same emotions. Uh, and in many ways is a work of art. Surprisingly, you know, it's it's just it's got just it's a beautiful delicateness to it. Um, and amazing performances again from the woman who plays Ella, the grandma, Francoise Lebron. Uh, but let's get into spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled on what happens in this movie, and if you don't mind knowing the details of this movie, then stick around. But this is your warning. You have been warned. These are the spoilers. Uh, uh, but I mentioned the looks on her face while she's lying in bed in the opening. And that's not the only time right there's many moments where you don't know her state of being right away and you know you feel like she's you, you at first i thought it was she was at the early stages right this is going to be a movie about her an event happening where she finds out that she's got dementia uh in this movie she you know she wakes up after she wakes up and has that confused look on her face kind of going shuffling through her morning routine and you know she seems like she's with it she's doing her things she doesn't seem confused or lost she you know does the coffee thing she goes to the bathroom you know it's it's uh, two old people just living their lives let me tell you it's not like action-packed movie but you're still like oh what's something's about to happen what's gonna happen and then she shuffles off to like run some errands, right? There's nothing that you really would show. It just I didn't feel like anything was necessarily out of the order. Uh, but then out as she's out wandering in and out of different stores, right? You realize she starts that she's confused, right? She's lost, right? So it's like oh she's having a spell. Maybe she forgot where she was going or whatever. Uh, then her husband starting to worry about can't reach her trying to call her on the cell phone she's not answering her phone so like his reaction we realize that like oh maybe there's something more to this like oh like he's worried about her but he's able to finally track her down thankfully right and bring her home uh, and and he's like worried about her because his view of the world is that it's full of danger People are horrible. People are going to take advantage of her. People are going to hurt her. And then her view is much more accepting and thinking people are nice. You know, I would say depending on who you are, people tend to treat you differently. But I would say in general, people tend to be pretty nice unless they're desperate, unless they're mental, have a mental issue uh like or they're you know like desperate for money they're poor they're struggling you know there's a lot of reasons that can send somebody into a negative downward dangerous place and uh you know you have to be you can't necessarily assume everybody's uh out to attack you but also you have to you know be street smart about it you can't just assume everybody's nice right you have to be somewhere in between these two old people's kind of assumptions of of reality um and we find out his book is related to cinema dreams and cinema and he was comparing it in this one scene how uh when you're in bed sleeping in bed is very much like when you're in a movie theater a dark movie theater watching a movie right you're disconnected from 
all the other people you're out of you don't have control over what you're seeing right very much like how this movie is filled you you feel as an audience member watching these two old people you feel very much out of control which is something you don't which is like when you're in a dream i mean sometimes maybe you have control but there's a lot of times in dreams where like maybe your intentions don't you know you go to punch something and you feel like you're underwater like you're moving in slow motion or you just can't bring yourself to do a thing right there is that that control that is out of your hands whether you're dreaming or watching a movie and so it's an interesting kind of concept for his book that he's putting together right and also in many ways relates to film relates to the movie that you're watching in in a lot of ways um you know which you know while you're watching this movie watching the woman shuffle around and do her thing um you don't have you have dread because you don't have that control so i think you know i think it, it this movie explores that idea and and shows and i think that's why this movie works is because of that relationship you have as the audience to the movie that you are disconnected and you don't have that control so i think you know it's it's gaspar going like see this is what this is why this movie is going to work um you find out that the guy has a side piece, right? Which I think in some ways makes it so he's not completely the victim. But also shows how, you know, as the audience, you still care for these people. But it, 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 it highlights how complicated people can be, right? It's not so easy as like, oh, he's a good person, he's a bad person, right? it's not so binary as far as who you as the audience could be sympathetic with because you sympathize with this guy even knowing that he has a side piece and his wife is not there all the time right he's going out on his wife and but then you still first you know you still have because he's he clearly still has compassion for her Right. It just I think it just serves to highlight how complex and difficult people are, you know, how how it's not so easily defined if somebody's good or bad. And I think that's primarily because she doesn't really have much. The it's just an aspect of this movie. And, you know, I think it's just helps to decorate the, the character in a way to. Uh, to, you know, express how how complex people can be, uh, whether, you know, they do good or bad and then you have the son who's dealing with his own out of control human right he's his, his the their son has a grant has his own son so their grandson and the kid he's a kid you don't have control over kids do things like there's a scene where the kid's playing with his cars on the table upsetting people being loud and annoying but like you it's out of your control Right. There's only so much you can do to, like, control a child. And, you know, I think the fact that this kid, their kid has a kid just shows that, you know, he can't just 
remove himself from his own responsibilities in order to help. It just further shows how alone these older people are because their own kid has their own kid. And it also, in this movie, we see that everybody's financially struggling, just making ends meet. Their son is a filmmaker, editor, kind of is able to pick up jobs here and there, but only makes enough to live. Similarly with these these old people that are surviving, there's, you know, it's just people kind of on the edge living paycheck to paycheck in a lot of ways you know and Ill- and just highlighting the how precarious the situation is Let's take a little break from the show to promote the benefits of Inspired Disorder Plus. So you go inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Sign up. $5 a month. You get to binge the full week of the Ray Taylor Show ad free. You get to watch all of the live painting videos I do. You get a special members only discount and deals for all of the artwork and merch that I sell. You also get the complete podcast back catalog of every podcast I've ever produced. Hundreds of episodes countless different podcasts you also get access to my personal blog a new blog comes out every week in addition to that you get my creative writing that i'm releasing you also get access to asking me anything 14 years of experience podcasting i've been creating art my entire life i've been using photoshop since middle school and you can contact me to ask me questions about that or anything else so those are the benefits for signing up for inspired disorder plus and now let's get back to the show and then when the son visits we see how bad her situation is right we see that she doesn't know who she is she doesn't know who her husband is she doesn't know where she is she almost goes in to kiss her own son like up until that point it feels like she only has moments where she's kind of out of it But then when he shows up, it's like, oh, man, it's so much worse, right? And we find out because she was a former psychiatrist, she's and knows the the pharmacists in her local area that she has been writing her own prescriptions for things. And his son is worried about his dad is like, make sure you he's taking his medication, too. He's like, make sure she doesn't mix up your medication not that she's going to purposely try to kill you or anything, but, you know, you don't want accidents to happen. And it's so easily can happen when you have this person that's not cognizant of what they're doing most of the time. Right. And there's clearly moments where she is there, but there's definitely we see how bad it can get where she just doesn't know anything anymore. You know, and there's even a scene, right? There's there's even a scene where it shows her you know as they're puttering through their life shows her sitting at the table taking pills out of their packaging and putting them in a glass and crushing them up like there's moments in this where it seems like she's doing things intentionally but then there's always the thought of like does she even know what she's doing right it seems like she's doing these things knowingly and on purpose but it's like it's so stressful to watch this happen her crushing these pills up and putting this like liquid out of another medicine bottle in it and stirring it up making this cocktail it ends up not turning into anything we don't know what happens with that but it's stressful watching this old woman just 
put these things in a glass and crush them up. And it's like, what is she going to do? Is she going to like serve that to her husband? Is she going to accidentally kill him? Is she going to drink it? Is the kid in some way, the grandson in some way going to get mixed up in this? It is just like these subtle things that just provide just terror as you're watching. You're sitting here without any control nothing they're just on their own you're watching these things could potentially cause a complete and utter tragedy and it's insane you know there's times where she seems like she's she's focused and she knows what she's doing right it, uh, there are definitely scenes but then there's you know also scenes where she forgets to turn the gas off she turns the gas on on the stove and her husband just smells it and turns it on off <laughs> opens up the windows you know so it's like it kind it's constantly fluctuating between where like is she what's is she okay is she not okay is this intentional right because some things kind of seem intentional like it does she know her husband is cheating on her maybe she does right there's a scene where she's taking money out of his wallet and just stuffing it into her bra and like her cleaning up his desk and stuff like clearly trashing like tearing up his stuff he was working on for his book before right just kind of cleaning up i mean there's stuff everywhere in this apartment but she's kind of cleaning up and as you're seeing this he's like in the shower taking a shower right because you have the split screen and you're seeing just watching her clean up is like oh no she's trashing his work and it's like you know like all of these moments of like oh no this dread where you have no control and you're seeing how like events are happening out of this old guy's control as well where it's like work that he's working on and things just kind of getting trashed and then there's times where it feels like and she ends up putting those papers in the toilet right that's when he finds out it's like wait where did you what is that trash and she's like putting the torn up papers from the trash can in the toilet to flush them down right it, it feels like right if she was angry at him it seems like that's what she would potentially do right but you don't know it's it definitely feels like it's almost like it could be a cover for her right and then we see what the son kind of does on you know he's helping to hand out like clean needles and like helping people who have drug problems get safe equipment so they don't you know get hurt right which a lot of other countries deal with addiction in a lot more humane ways instead of what we do in america where it's just treats you as a criminal all of the time for any reason so you see him so it's like clearly setting up that he's had issues with drugs Right. Even to the point where like one of a, a user is asking to come into his apartment so she can use. And she's like, yeah, I got stuff. If you need stuff, I got stuff. And if I'm there using there, then I'm right there. If you decide you want to change your mind and you want to start using. So it's clearly setting up that he's had a problem, which only adds to the fact that like, oh, you know, just it's setting up all of these things where you see how precarious every single person's situation is. And then there's, you know, times where, you know, if she knows, like the, the wife, if she knows that he's cheating on her, like there's so many moments where it almost feels like, is she 
as bad? Is dementia affecting her as bad? Or is she just high all the time? Because when we do see this, the son handing out the needles, he's talking to his friends. He's like, yeah, all everybody in my family takes drugs, right? Obviously, different reasons, medication, but drugs. And she is taking the most drugs out of everybody because she has access to all of the drugs she wants. She can write a prescription for anything she wants and in a clear state of mind would know what all these drugs are going to do. So there's part of you that's thinking, there's part of me that's thinking like, is she just drugging herself up because she's not happy with her life? Is she so out of it because she's so high? Because there are definitely times when people t are on tons of drugs where they feel like they don't know who they are. They don't know who you are. They don't know where they are. Right. And is that from her dementia or is that from her abuse of drugs? Right. Is she doing that because she's unhappy with her marriage because her husband is cheating on her? Is she trashing his stuff to get back at him? Is the dementia used in some ways as an excuse? Right. Maybe it's not as bad as it is. And of course, we don't get clarification on all this, but it definitely makes her situation seem ambiguous and makes some of the things that she does seem like maybe they're on purpose and vindictive. Which is crazy. It may feel bad, right? Because maybe she just does. Maybe it's just all dementia, right? And it just looks like it looks. And then, of course, you know, this this whole movie, it's like when is it's not if things are going to fall apart. It's like, you know, things are going to fall apart. And when it starts falling apart, it's brutal, right? Obviously, because everything is just hold held together with a freight, a single frayed thread, right? Just, it's not going to take much. And you think it's going to be her, right? It's going to be something she does to either hurt herself or hurt somebody else, right? And that's not what sets it off, right? So what sets it off is the, the dad starts wheezing and he starts having his heart issues. And, you know, when that starts happening, you know, it's like, okay, this is, we are at the beginning of the end here. You know, we are at the beginning of the end. Uh you know, he eventually dies, right? Brutal, beautifully shot everything. The, you know, th thing where he's in the hospital and then now you see him covered up. Uh, you see how the son, you know, he's now it's just now he has to take care of his mom somehow while also he has this kid that he's sharing custody with his wife, barely making ends meet you know I, he's got to put her into a home i guess but it's like you see his like kind of like crumbling right as he's crying in her lap then you see the son right obviously going to relapse you see him free base and the scene right you see him get his stuff out of wherever he was hiding it sitting down on the couch and lighting up and then the camera kind of shifts and you see his son walk in the background to watch his dad free base and then just kind of lay back in his comatose state when he's nice and high right i imagine free basing heroin you know so the son is witnessing his dad relapsing on drugs because his his dad just died so causing trauma to that kid as well also 
reminding you that's like, oh, this kid is going to be fine. This is like just a matter of time, right? It's just the dominoes have started to fall. And you see the grandma, which also kind of in some ways indicates that she's cognizant of what's going on. You see her flushing all of her drugs, right? Maybe in because she's regretful that she was drugged up so much. I don't know. But you see her trying to flush all these drugs and then you see her go into the kitchen and do what she did before that her husband thought was an accident. You see her go into the kitchen and turn the gas on and then go into her bedroom and lay down while she's saying the Lord's Prayer, right? Clearly seemed clear-headed in those moments. So it's like these moments that make you question, like, was she? Like, did she know? And then it's her funeral, and they play like the sun speaks and then they play a slideshow of pictures of her life right which is sad seeing their parents young right they clearly got pictures from them as young actors photoshopped well you know i guess uh and then you see a slideshow of their apartment that is now not being lived in and you see the slideshow of everything slowly being boxed up in their apartment. And it's like sad because not only are these people that no longer alive, but also this place they lived was so alive with all of the things that they had accumulated in their life and now are being boxed away to where now you have this barren, empty home that has no life in it, has no personality, has no nothing that ever had proof of these people ever living there. You see the barren walls, you know, you see these things that these people accumulated in books that they read just get boxed up to be stored somewhere and never appreciated again. You know, it's 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 almost as sad as the the death of these two people. You know, no trace of their existence anymore uh and and overall i'd say a very beautiful end to this movie you know very slow tragic unavoidable crash that you knew was going to happen and then when you saw it happen how it's just like you know it's it's it doesn't hit you with a ton of bricks you expect it to happen and it's sad because you see you know all of these tragic things happening and you hope the best for his the son the great this the son and then their grandkid but, you know, obviously there's no conclusion with them, but, it, you know, hopefully he gets back into treatment and all that stuff. But, you know, tragically beautiful moody movie. I would definitely say a work of art, you know, uh, but I don't know if I'll watch it again. Uh, but I'm, di I'm very glad I did watch it. You know, it's, it's one of those things, right? You, you got to experience it, right? It's, there's a lot of tough movies like that that are... You know, they're amazing. They're amazing. They're powerful. They elicit the emotions they intend to elicit, which, you know, is a success if that's what their if that's what their desire was. You know, if a comedy makes you laugh, it's a success. If if a Gaspar Noé movie feels you fe fears you makes you terrified and and stressed out and worried and traumatized on some level by the end, then he, d he did his job. Uh you know, I don't know. Will it make his top five? I don't know. It wouldn't be high on his list. You know, it wouldn't be high on his list. But eventually I, I do want to do a top five of his movies, rank them, watch them. Um, 
you know, his movies don't necessarily, I don't know of any that leave you feeling good by the end of them. Uh, but that's maybe, maybe how you know that uh, he did his job because he knows, he definitely knows how to orchestrate those dark and scary emotions uh, like very few directors do, right? He knows, he knows what he's doing. He is, he is an artist. Like the, the, the emotions that he paints with, they're they're tough they're dark they're tragic but he's he's a you know he's a great artist with those things i would say so thank you for tuning in to the ray taylor show i hope you enjoyed my thoughts on vortex uh don't forget to tune in every monday wednesday and friday for more movie and tv show reviews and join the conversation by leaving a comment and a rating leave a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube if you're watching this episode. And until next time, enjoy the show. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.